What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Marketing Nomad Show. It's your favorite marketer and podcast host. My name is Prit. Welcome to episode number 83, where I'm going to be sharing seven sales page essentials. Now, before we get into today's episode, I want to do a quick quick update about what's happening behind the scenes now for those of you who may not know and if you're not following me on instagram then here's an update for you and that is i am going to be publishing my very first book pretty soon i mean it's really really soon and uh, you know if you want updates about my upcoming book it's called zero to four figures If you want more updates on that, like the release date, the book cover reveal, all of those exciting stuff, definitely do subscribe to the author newsletter that I have in the description box below, all right? So this book is basically a compilation of all the lessons that I have learned in the last three years of my entrepreneurial journey. Not just that, it talks about you know, the mistakes that I've made, the strategies that I have implemented, most of them which led me to my wins, you know, what didn't work, what worked, and basically how I navigated through the initial stages of my entrepreneurial journey. Now, this book is so, so helpful for anyone who is just starting out with your entrepreneurial journey, or if you've been doing it for maybe a year or two and you're finding it difficult to navigate, my book also comes with a workbook, I know, to implement the lessons that I have personally used and the frameworks and the performance tools that have personally worked for my business. All of these learning tactics, these performance tools have been created by me. And of course, with the book comes a bonus workbook as well. Okay. So if you want all of those updates, okay, if you're listening to this in the future, maybe my book's already published by then. I'm going to put all of those links in the description box below. So make sure that you do check that out and subscribe to the author newsletter. Okay. I've got like amazing goodies and exclusive content just for my email subscribers. Alrighty guys, thank you for listening, but yes, let's get into what you are here for. And that is seven sales page essentials. Now, Yes, I think we definitely do need to talk about why a sales page is important. And I think before that, I need to talk about what is the difference between a sales page and a landing page. So let's get into that. Now, a sales page basically just has one goal and one goal only. And that goal is to convince people to buy. Okay, your main objective of a sales page is just to make sure that you can get your sales conversion. However, a landing page only has one goal, yes, but that goal not necessarily is about sales. Okay, so that goal could be maybe you want to get more email subscribers or maybe you want people to download your lead magnet. Whatever it may be, there is one goal on the landing page, yes, but that goal not necessarily is a sales goal. Okay, so that is the fundamental difference between a sales page and a landing page. So in this episode, we are only going to focus on a sales page and what are the essentials that is needed for a sales page. So let me rehydrate. We're only going to go over sales page essentials, which means we are going to be focusing only on what a sales page needs to help you with sales conversion. All right. Now, you know, 
One of the most important questions that I do get asked as a marketing strategy consultant is, you know, should I use a long page sales page or should I use a short sales page? Which one of them works, Prit? And the truth is, I really don't have a definite answer unless I actually do research about your industry and what your product is all about. But let me give you a good starting point for you to figure out if you need a long sales page or a short sales page. Now, if you are going for a long form a sales page, usually it's because you really need to put a lot of information for your audience to be convinced to make the sale. All right, and in a situation like that, okay, maybe your audience is not aware of your product, so you really need that space and that that length to explain what your product is about, how it's going to help them, and all of those amazing stuff for your audience, okay? In such a situation, then yes, a long sales page works. Sometimes your product can be complicated, okay? Maybe there's a lot of industry jargon and it's not really easy for, um, you know, someone who is not in your industry to understand what your product is about. In such a situation, a long sales page works for you, okay? Other times, maybe your product is very expensive. So you need that length to actually convince your audience to make the purchase because with high cost comes high risk, right? So if your audience is a lot more hesitant because of your high cost or even high risk for that matter, then you might want to consider having a long sales page. And the last thing is if there is a long-term commitment with your product, like for example, with solar panels, okay? The the commitment, wow. kind of jumbled on that word. (laughs) The commitment is usually 15 years for like the minimum commitment for solar panels is about 15 years. You know, like even if you get a loan for a solar panel, I know this because I have actually worked in the solar industry. So, you know, the commitment is about 15 years minimum. And sometimes it can go on for like 25 years because solar panels are awesome, right? So in such a situation like that, because there's a long-term commitment, of course, the risk is higher, right? You don't want to be sticking yourself with a company who is not going to be performing well or a product that is not so good. So naturally, the amount of decision-making that goes for a long-term commitment product is usually a lot more, which means that your audience probably needs a little bit more convincing. In those situations, yes a long sales page works. But in other situations, you know, if your consumer is aware about your product, if your product is pretty simple to understand, easy to understand the benefits, the transformation, if there is a very low risk, if, you know, it's a pretty low cost comparatively, and of course, if it's a short-term commitment, then a short sales page would actually benefit you because you don't want to be over-explaining. You don't really want to bore your readers because they already know what your product is about. It's pretty simple enough for them to understand, okay? So my short answer for should I use a long sales page or a short sales page is it really depends on you your product, your industry, and your audience, okay? So I can't give you a definite answer, but I hope that I have provided a good starting point for you to decide if you have to go with the long sales page or a short sales page. 
Regardless of which sales page you want to go for, these are seven absolute essentials that you need for your sales page, okay? Now, let's get into why do you need a sales page? And I think that answer is pretty obvious and you're probably going to scoff at me and say, Prit, I know this, but let me just reiterate. Now, sales page, the main objective is to make sales. So naturally, the importance of a sales page is because you really want sales. It's as simple as that. So the more effective your sales page is, the better conversions you will get. Okay, so let's look into seven sales page essentials that I do have for you that every sales page needs, okay, to maximize your conversions, of course. Now, the first one is you need to have a very strong headline, okay? And the reason is because that is the first thing that people are going to see, regardless of whether your sales page is long or short, the first eight seconds, okay, that's kind of the rule of marketing. The first eight seconds of looking at your sales page needs to tell your audience whether they are interested to read more or not interested and get out. So they actually make their decision within the first seven or eight seconds. I mean, our attention span has kind of reduced over the years and that's why it's seven seconds. So in that seven seconds, always ask yourself, what is my audience looking at? Is it enough to convince them to push forward to the next seven seconds? That's such an important question. And honestly, it has worked for me and my clients as well, because once you convince them to stay for the first seven seconds, you need to now think about the next seven seconds and then the next. So when you segment their attention in seven seconds, it becomes easier for you to align how your page should be as well and what in information or what important information is needed for them at that point. All right. So your strong headline, what do I mean by a strong headline? I mean that it needs to grab attention. It really needs to catch their attention right off the bat. And you can do it in terms of visuals. You can also do it in terms of a compelling message or a compelling offer. You can also maybe point out to their pain point and ask them, well, is this what you are dealing with? Those things kind of catch attention. So you can catch attention in different ways. You can have a strong headline in different ways. It really depends on you and your branding and how you want to go about it. Okay. I would honestly even experiment with different kinds of strong headlines, maybe have one landing page for, you know, maybe the visuals will be really attractive. Maybe you can use people, you can send people there. You can kind of do an A-B testing. You can send another set of people to a different sales page with, where your uh, headline is basically talking about the pain point and figure out where you're getting most traffic, where, you know, the bounce rate as well. Check that out. And if people are staying longer, maybe that's a page that is working with your audience. So when it comes to sales pages, I honestly think testing is the best way to go about this because there is no one way to do this. And not just that, you never know what your audience is looking for, what they're comfortable with. And as much as much research as you can do about this, it all really depends on the stage that your audience is. And testing usually is one of the easiest ways to understand your audience better. All right. 
Okay, so we talked about a strong headline and that is point number one for you. Now let's go for point number two. And this is something that I call, who is it for and who is it not for? Now, the reason why I personally really like this in every sales page is because your audience does not want to think when they're on your sales page, you know, their main focus is seeing if your product is worth it for them and what are their next steps. Now, the, the more that you can think for your audience, the more information you feed to them so that there is less thinking on their end, the more comfortable they're going to be. I mean, who wants to think, right? <laughs> it's a really complicated process, right? So the more you information you give to them, the more they understand and comprehend better and there is no gap in their understanding as well. Okay, so when you put who is it for and who is it not for, one, you're doing the thinking for them as I just said. Number two, it avoids wrongful purchase as well. When you talk about who is this product not for, okay, you are letting your customers or your potential customers know that, hey, this product may not be for you. You need to check it out. And this honestly eliminates a lot of reviews where the customer says, this product is not what I expected. It's not helping me in the way that I want. And all of those kind of reviews and those testimonials, it really drastically reduces them because on your sales page, you're already putting it out there. You're saying that, hey, this product may not be for you. And here are the people that it is not for, okay? And you know, as much as possible, we want to reduce the negative reviews, the negative testimonials. So when you put the what it is, I mean, who it is not for, it avoids wrongful purchases because you are warning your potential customers or your audience a little before they make their purchase. Okay, not just that. When you put who is it for, it basically reaffirms to the right people that, hey, this product, this service is absolutely for you. You, you know, you know, you are the right person for this purchase. And, you know, that might be in their minds too, right? You know, hmm, is this product for me? Is this really, is this, you think it will be helpful for me? All of those questions would be going on in your potential customer's mind. So the minute you put this section, who is it for and who is it not for, it clears a lot of their doubts. Okay, so that is number two for you. Number three is benefits, transformation, and pain point. Of course, you want to make sure that you are talking about your product, but I've talked about this so much before. One of the best ways to talk about your product is to highlight the benefits, okay? Yes, you will have to talk about the features, that is important, but it is also important to help your customer understand how they can utilize that feature for their benefit, okay? So as much as features is important, it's also more so important for you to talk about the benefits of your product because the more you know information you're putting out there, the less thinking happens on your customer's end and the less thinking that happens on them, they feel comfortable because you're already doing all that entire thought process for them. It's quicker for them to make a decision, okay? Of course, you want to talk about the transformation as well. What happens after they use your product or service? What is the outcome of using your product or service? Because the more you can talk about the transformation, the more they can visualize themselves being without their pain point. 
right? And you want them to visualize that because again, that helps them come to the purchase decision a lot faster. And of course, you want to talk about the pain point and the solution that your product or service offers to that pain point. Because the more you can highlight their pain point, the more you show them where they are at right now. And when you show them the solution, the contrast in both their positions before and after, the quicker it is for them to come to the decision of making the purchase. All right. So that is number three for you. Number four is proof. And proof can come in so many different ways. You may have data. You can also use testimonials of your customers. Now, this not necessarily is reviews that they leave online. It could be reviews that they have given you through your DMs, through emails. If you've had a customer you know, say it to you personally, you could just ask them if you could write it down and if you, know, you have their permission to share it online as well. So wherever the testimonials come, wherever the reviews come from, it doesn't matter. As long as you're saving them, I personally keep a folder on my laptop and it's a folder just for testimonials and reviews that has helped me a lot because sometimes the reviews come from all over the place, all over the place. And it just helps to keep them in one place. So, you know, I think that's a good idea if you are, you know, you've got different streams of customers talking to you, definitely, I would recommend keeping a folder just for testimonials. So take screenshots, you know, if they've DM'd you in your, like your Instagram business account or wherever that is, if they've emailed you, wherever it may be, make sure that you're taking screenshots and make sure that you're putting those testimonials on your website sales page as well. Okay, because that's important. The more people can reaffirm that, hey, okay, this product was used by someone and it worked for them. So yes, I, I'm having the confidence that this will work for me as well. And the confidence is what you're looking for, right? The confidence for them to make the purchase decision. And yes, as I mentioned before, it helps them reach that purchase decision faster. And you want them to reach that purchase. Wow, <laughs> jumbling up the words over here. You want them to reach that purchase decision faster because the lesser time they take to make the purchase decision, the lesser time they're confused about your product. And the, I think that they also do not hop over to a competitor's product as well because they're sure about you, right? Okay, so that was number four for you. Number five is potential objections and your answers to that. Now, you can put this as like an FAQ page or an FAQ section. But, uh, you know, the main point of an FAQ section, yes, is to answer potential questions, but you can also use it to handle potential objections. Now, if your price, if the price of your product is a little bit more expensive than your competition, maybe you would want to put that in as a, as a question. Maybe you would want to talk about what differentiates your product from your com competitors and what are the tangible and intangible benefits that outweighs what your competition can offer okay now you can put this as an faq as i mentioned but you can also just put it there um, as more of the benefits of the product okay so it kind of ties in with number four uh, number three sorry but you can do it any way you want the more most important thing is figure out what are the potential objections that you can get for your product or service 
And how do you want to creatively answer that or eliminate those objections? All right. Of course, that brings me to number six and put your contact information there as well. Make it easy for customers to reach out to you because sometimes you may not always, um, I guess I would say, eliminate every single possible objection in your objection handling section of the sales page, right? So in those situations, you want to make it easy for your potential customers to reach out to you. Not just that, if they find it easy to reach out to you before the purchase, they're going to feel you know, secure that after the purchase, they can still reach out to you and you will care about them. And that is very, very important to potential customers as well. That's a subconscious thought that goes in their minds because at the end of the day, they don't want to buy from a company that does not care about them, right? They want to know that they are cared for, their needs are going to be met, and if there's a potential problem with the product or service, that you know you will step in and you will help them out. So always, always, always put some sort of contact information or a contact form as well if you'd like, but make sure that it is easy for your customer to reach out to you, a potential customer to reach out to you on your sales page as well, right? Then we come to the last and probably one of the most important things, and that is your calls to action. Now, if you are using a long sales page, okay, if your sales page is pretty long, I would recommend putting calls to action to purchase like every scroll. Every time you scroll the page, make sure that there is a calls to action button that you can see over there that is bright, that is very distinct, that uh, you know, you can basically see that button even if you're standing a mile away. It needs to stand out because as much as like, you know, when it comes to a long sales page, yes, sometimes your potential customers may need all of that information, right? But sometimes you get repeat visitors or sometimes your potential customers have already been prepped maybe by your blog posts or maybe somewhere else on your website or even your social media pages. So they're ready to make the purchase. You don't want them to scroll all the way down to hit that button to make the purchase, right? You wanna make sure that at every stage of your sales page, you have a call to action button helping them make the purchase. So I would highly recommend this, and this is one of the most common mistakes I see with long sales page. With short sales page, I mean, because the page is so short, naturally within one scroll, you will have a call to, act, like a call to action button. So I'm not worried about short, short sales pages. But on the other hand, when it comes to long sales page, I, I really, really recommend this. For every scroll that you may take, Make sure that you have a call to action button over there, helping them make the purchase. Now, of course, you want your call to action button to stand out or your calls to action button. However, one important thing that you have to know is keep it as simple as possible and make sure that you are you know, leveling up with the excitement of your customers, okay? Because they're making the purchase decision. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty big deal for them. You want to make sure that you mirror that excitement, you mirror their enthusiasm as well. So yes, as much as possible, keep your call to action button simple. It doesn't have to be complex, but at the same time, make sure that you are 
encouraging your potential customers to make that decision. You want to make sure that you are being warm and friendly and enthusiastic and encouraging as well. All right, so that brings me to the end of this podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening all the way up until here. If you need more help with your marketing, I do have a number of marketing services available right now, consultation services. I'm going to put the link below. Definitely do check out. I do have email marketing, social media marketing, content marketing, and even website marketing at this point as well. I also have my power hour strategy calls, which is basically 60 or 120 minutes of answering every and all marketing questions within the time frame of your choosing. I also am taking on long-term marketing consultation projects as well. So all of that information is below. Definitely also do subscribe to my author newsletter because I am releasing a book so, so soon and I'm so, so excited about it. It's just, it's been incredible. And of course, I did take like a social media hiatus to complete writing the book. It was, it was really, really exhausting, but I'm almost at the end. Like I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and I'm really excited about this. I mean, I've wanted to be an author since I was seven. I even like half wrote a book when I was in, during engineering my days. And unfortunately that didn't see the light of the day, but Finally, at the age of 29, <laughs> I am completing a what seems to be a lifelong dream of mine. So it's really exciting, very emotional for me. And in a lot of ways, I think this book is just ah, very, very precious, guys. So I really want you to be a part of my journey. So definitely do subscribe to the author newsletter and join me along this crazy, crazy ride. Okay. So I hope you guys are doing super, super awesome. I hope you're staying safe, staying healthy, and I will catch you guys in my next podcast episode. Bye-bye.